This is the East Idaho PrepCast on IdahoSports.com. That's right. Welcome in another edition of the East Idaho PrepCast on IdahoSports.com. Breaking down District 5 and 6 activities week in, week out in the state of Idaho. My name is Brandon Bainey, and we are joined now by Sean Kane, our East Idaho expert. What's up, Sean? How you doing? Hey, you know, just lifestyles of the rich and famous, right? That's kind of what we got going on here. Um, yeah, I'm good. I'm back from uh, sunny Boise and uh, located somewhere deep within Century High School right now. I can't disclose that location, but we're, uh, we're, we're working hard here. Yeah, we are both uh, outside of our normal podcasting uh, rooms, areas, Sean. Obviously, you're uh, at, at Century High School. I'm at my parents' house in Montana, so bear with us. We're wearing headsets. It doesn't look as good as it normally does, but the content is still going to be top Fire, fire. <laughs> That's right. Straight fire. So let, let's dive into it because there was so much from the spring sports championship landscape that happened last week. Sean, the number one state. Uh, number one story in the entire state of Idaho by far was what Brody Birch did for Pocatello high school, where he uh, won two state championships in two different sports in two different cities all on the same day. And uh, what a phenomenal accomplishment that was for Brody Birch and, and Pocatello high as well. Oh yeah. I mean, just huge congrats to Pocatello high school for, um, getting that done right. I mean, I've been a I've been a big believer in them all year, and a lot of people are like, "Oh no, um, these other teams are you know better." But you know, I was backing them all year, and they did it. Um, you know, the school district obviously has money for a private plane. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> but um, yeah, just it's an unreal story. You know, they had he talked to Scott on a special little thing there, so. That's a really great piece to see. And um, yeah, I heard all about it because I go up for tennis and I'm with the track team. So, you know, I got I got the inside info on that for sure. But what a great accomplishment and just, you know, taking down Skyview 14-4. It wasn't uh, it wasn't the most exciting championship game. Um, Pocatello took care of business. Yeah, they sure did. So, yes, uh, Scott Burton did a one-on-one interview with Brody Birch because Scott was broadcasting the 4A state baseball tournament for us last week on IdahoSports.com. So he got he was the one that first tipped us all off to the story. And so um, that interview can be watched at uh, the IdahoSports.com YouTube channel, Facebook page, or Twitter account. Uh, but for those that listen to the podcast every week, whether that's on IdahoSports.com or wherever you download podcasts, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple, etc., cetera, uh, I, will, I will put that interview into the East Idaho PrepCast feed as well. So you can listen to that one-on-one because it really was. Brody Birch is a great kid. Uh, was pretty funny to talk to and, and did a great job with Scott. So be on the lookout for that in your podcast feed as well. But for the actual baseball team of Pocatello High, Sean, you are right. Um, it was an exciting journey to get to the championship game and then kind of anticlimactic, that 14-4 to win over Skyview. First baseball championship since 2012 for the thunder uh they beat wood river in the first round pretty easily they have to uh, get a walk off from um uh, mac evans in the bottom of the eighth i believe it was it was extra innings against bk to get the win there and then once they got over that hurdle championship game was easy uh they didn't lose to an idaho opponent all year sean their only two losses came to a colorado school and a nevada school yeah they were just phenomenal all year and you know the the thing in the background was, oh, 
you know, Bishop Kelly and Skyview were these teams and, you know, they beat two of them. They took down two SIC teams. So they not only went up and took care of business, but they, you know, they earned that championship and um, it was great. I got to watch it on the bus riding back from Boise, um, listen to, you know, Scott on the call there. And uh, it, it was pretty fun to watch um, the live coverage of that and, you know, great facility there they played at. And it was, it was just, it was just fun. It was good to see Vinny, the coach, win. he's a great guy, he's a great baseball person in the community. And um, yeah, they just, it's just a great kind of just hometown baseball story, right? It kind of just had all the ups and downs capped off with a little private jet action to the championship. So, I mean, you know, I don't know what else you say. It's, it's, it's easy content. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. Vinny Benavidez is a great guy. Uh, yeah. Real easy to talk to. One of the great baseball minds, uh, not just in Eastern Idaho, but in the entire state. So yeah, congratulations to the Pocatello Thunder for winning the state for a baseball title. Uh, it was a good weekend overall for East Idaho as they swept the 4A, 3A, and 2A championships. Let's talk about it. Marsh Valley runs it back. They repeat as champions at the 3A state tournament, but man, it was nail biters all the way. They beat Gooding in the first round 4 nothing, and then in the second game against Homedale, it actually went into extra innings. It went to the eighth inning, and they won one to nothing. Sean Jason Jones pitched an eight inning shutout, and Marsh Valley literally got the one run they needed in the bottom of the eighth to win one to nothing. And then in the championship game against Kimberly, same deal, bottom of the seventh, tied it for Stanton Howell, the MVP of the 3A state tournament, as selected by our broadcasters. By the way, those all tournament teams can be found at idahosports.com. Stanton Howell delivers the walk-off. Five to four, Marsh Valley wins the championship. So back-to-back walk-off wins, and Coach Kent Howell and the Eagles do it again. Yeah, the screaming Eagles, right? <laughs> I mean, a lot of people you know, were talking about the, the Homedale game um, kind of being like the championship game. And then you go, you go into the actual championship game against Kimberly and it was lights out too, but we were high on Marsh Valley all year. Um, I've never backed off my stance of saying they were going to be the team to win it. And uh, I'm glad they made me look good. <laughs> yeah. So they do. And they work so hard. And a lot of those kids play American Legion baseball into the summer as well. And I'm expecting big things, uh, honestly, from both Pocatello and Marsh Valley in the in the American Legion circuit uh, as well. So congratulations to Marsh Valley Two uh, a state champ, Sean Malad. The Dragons came in as you, you talk to everybody ahead of time. And they're like, oh, yeah, Napa Christian, Firth. Orofino, uh, basically all the teams on the top half of the bracket. You know, somebody from that group is going to win. And the bottom half of the bracket's kind of like a free for all. There's a lot of, you know, average teams in there. And it'll be nice for whatever team gets out of that bottom half of the bracket and gets to the championship. Well, Malad got through the bottom half of that bracket. And then they were like, oh, yeah, watch this. They end up taking out Napa Christian in the championship game. Uh, again, it was a tight one. You know, it, it came down to the bottom of the sixth. Ryan Jensen hits a, a, a two, two run base hit. Um, and Malad is able to pull ahead there and, and win a state championship. Congratulations to coach Bo Clark and the dragons. Yeah. Usually the night defeats the dragon, but not, not this year in the tournament, right? The dragon <laughs> won, um, and took the princess home, you know, 
<laughs> right. Yeah. Nap- Napa Christians, the Trojans, but that's a, yeah, you know, cousin to the Knights. Right. Yeah. I yeah. got what you were saying. I, yeah. I, I picked up what you were putting down. So, um, yes, so exciting. And for uh, Malad softball as well, which we will talk about in just a moment as they pulled off the double dip. Uh, winning state baseball and state softball. But I think to me, the next biggest story, Sean, came in track and field on the girls' side where the Skyline Grizzlies run away with the 4A state title. Uh, we talked about this team all year long with Claire Peterson and Neela Roberts and Amy Basic and all of these great athletes. And so congratulations to Skyline for winning the 4A girls track and field championship. Yeah, it's, you know, it's one thing to have a good season and and know what you have, but Skyline proved it again that they had the best and, you know, with Claire Peterson and those other runners you mentioned, they were able to go out and just finish the job, so to speak. It's hard to do, you know, going back to back in track, I think might be one of the hardest sports to go back to back in. And uh, they were able to do it and everyone showed up and, and got the points they needed. So just, uh, a great team effort, right? They needed all their team points and they just really got it done. So Claire Peterson uh, won several events and rewrote the record book as well. So first of all, in the 100 on, on Friday in the prelims, she ran an 1181. Now it was wind aided, but that 1181 time is the fastest ever in the history of Idaho girls track and field fastest time ever. So, but, but it's, it's wind aided. So it doesn't really count. So she says, all right, on Saturday, she comes out and runs in the finals. Um, or excuse me, that was it. That was in the finals. She ran that in the finals, 1181 wind aided, but on Friday in the prelims, she yeah. ends up actually establishing the new state record, um, where, uh, she runs a wind legal time of 1201. So no matter how you slice it up, uh, Claire Peterson, new state record holder in the 100 meter dash. And which was kind of surprising too, right? Because a lot of the athletes I talked to said that track was kind of slow. Like it was a slower track. A lot of, a lot of people felt it wasn't as fast as maybe some other tracks. And I'm no expert in that, but when you have a slower track and you're able to beat the record of the, you know, the whole state, um, that just shows you the caliber of athlete Claire Peterson is. Yeah, so in addition to setting the new 100 record, uh, she also uh, won the 300-meter hurdles, her third in a row. She won the 100 uh, hurdles title, her second in in her career, Um, and then she won her third consecutive 100-meter dash as well. So all she does is bring home gold medals. Just holding them, you know? Like, I don't know. How do they do the picture? Let me hold all those. (laughs) seriously right holding all that bling at the end and so for skyline this was their first track and field championship since 1993 on the girls side so that's pretty that's that's a 20 year 20 no 30 year 30 year drought there uh for skyline's girls which is just incredible uh alia park you know took second place in the long jump Amy Basic won the high jump clearing five foot four uh Neela Roberts won her third consecutive 1600 meter run and her third consecutive 3200 meter run she's basically three for three in her high school career so far she'll be a senior next year going for the rare sweep of the distance races in all four years of high school um she also took fourth in the 800 and uh marina rena took fifth in the 1600 and fourth 
in the 3200. And so it was kind of a cool story. Marlo Herford wrote a great recap of everything that happened at state track and field for us on IdahoSports.com. You can find it on the homepage. And in the article, she talked to Chase Meyer, the track coach from Skyline. And here's what she said. Skyline head coach Chase Meyer said the 800 final made him confident that they would win the state championship. And he opted to get state champions printed on the team sweatshirts following the 300 hurdles final, which came kind of in the middle of the day. So he was that confident and started already printing the state championship apparel before the meet had even concluded. Well, I mean, if you listen to the list we just said, I I mean, I think he was pretty confident, (laughs) but that's a bold move, Cotton. (laughs) Yeah, I like it, though. I love the confidence. Um, All right. Also at the 4A girls meet, uh, Matea Mangum from Century uh, won her third consecutive 200 uh, meter run and she is only a junior so she'll have a chance for the four-year sweep next year as a senior her first two came at Pocatello then of course she transferred to Century um, she ran a new state record not just for 4A but all of Idaho uh, in the 200 in Friday's prelims a time of 24.68 seconds so Matea Mangum a new record holder in the 200 meter dash yeah and she just she had a great year all year and the century head coach Bill Vosses just said that, you know, she's such a good individual, but she also just brings up all all the other runners and the team and just a great team asset to the team. And yeah, so just nothing but praise for Matea Magnum and just her ability to move fast. <laughs> so Matea went undefeated in the 200 this year. She did not lose. Anytime she stepped up to run the 200, she was the winner. And she also set... Uh, so, so state records can be set at the state meet, but she also, which was 2468, but she also had the best time ever in regular season or state competition at Tiger Grizz this year with a time of 2459. So, I mean, that is big league running right there from Matea Mangum. And speaking of big league running, Pocatello's Haley Renzello also came home with two golds. Uh, she was part of the winning sprint medley relay, but then she also won the 800 meter run. So Pocatello uh, between Sweeps. Brody Birch on the boys side and, and Haley Rensello on the girls side. Yeah. They sweep the 800 this year. Yeah. Just nice job there. And they've, uh, you know, East Idaho usually kind of just owns that 800 race, man. I feel like they're just very good top to bottom. Yeah. East Idaho cleaned up uh, for spring sports championships, which is why the show is probably going to go a little longer today than you're used to. But uh, let's, let's talk five, a girls track and field where, Rigby ends up uh, finishing and and getting a trophy. Abby Hancock, she wins the 200. Uh, She repeated there. Uh, She took second in the long jump. And then Rigby's four-by-one relay team set a new school record uh, with a time of 48.26 seconds. And Rigby's four-by-one relay team went undefeated this year in that event. So new school record for Rigby um, as well. And, And so... Abby Hancock was on the relay uh, team there, uh, as was Abby Scott. And Abby Scott also won the 5A pole vault. She cleared 12 feet even. So the two Abbeys we talked about for Rigby doing a pretty good job. Yeah, just all year been doing that. And just a great performance by the, you know, if your name was Abby and (laughs) from Rigby. But, you know, they did it all year. I don't think anyone's going to be surprised with the results. And, yeah, it was really fun. Um, to see it come come together at state for for rigby the previous school record for rigby in the four by one was set 10 years ago when abby hancock's older sister jamie hancock was on the relay team so now abby can go to big sister jamie and go i beat you 
<laughs> yeah, that's that will that'll be probably a hard pill to swallow for a few years. But you know, those family reunions, at least they know they can run away from each other. I guess. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it'll be a fun time. Um, okay, we also had uh, Ruby Jordan of Highland win the shot put. She went undefeated in the shot put this year, never lost. Um, so she brings home a state title there. Uh, Highland won the 4 by 4 relay on the girls' side as well. And then uh, Thunder Ridge's uh, Chelsea uh, Uba won the 110-meter hurdles. So a lot of individual champs from East Idaho at the 5A girls' meet. Yeah, and kind of a cool story about Ruby Jordan. Um, we were finishing up our like last tennis practice before going to state, and she was out throwing at Century, and uh, she stopped by and talked to us, and just you know, just it was kind of cool. She was there, and you kind of see you know state champion preparing to do the you know do the business, and she's nothing but business. But got to talk to her and um, her coach Addison, and it, you know it was just it was cool. Um, kind of a cool experience to have both teams. Um, kind of working out in the same area due to that Highland fire, but um, just a lot of uh, good, good vibes and camaraderie there and all the kids know each other. But yeah, it was, it was cool to see her kind of just throwing that, throwing that thing there while we're practicing tennis and I'm glad there's a fence. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think I heard earlier this year as well with the bad weather and stuff, like to throw the discus indoors at Highland, like Ruby Jordan had to go down into the basement at Highland yeah. and like, you know, sling the shot and disc down there. So um, that's kind of a cool story as well. So yeah, way to go Ruby Jordan. Um, okay. We had a lot of individual uh, greatness at the three, a two, a one, a meets as well. Um, no team champions, but at the three, a meet Lydia Townsend of Marsh Valley takes home three first place finishes high jump, 100 hurdles, 300 hurdles. She nearly won all four events. She was in Sean. She took second in the pole vault. So three golds and a silver. That's not bad. And Lydia Townsend, uh, only a freshman. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. What, what do you say? I mean, win one more next year. Yeah. Jeez, you kind of had a bad better. year. Yeah, better, better bad year as a freshman. But yeah, no, that's just a great <laughs> performance and um, all you can ask for. And so close on the pole vault. But yeah, that's uh, Marsh Valley with Lydia Townsend. They're just, they're going to be dangerous. I mean, one person to do that much you, makes your whole team better. Yeah, and at the 3A meet, that can really go a long way for sure. 2A, uh, Soda Springs, we talked about. Uh, they were going to compete with Melba for the championship. They ultimately take second. But Yanetti Garbett wins uh, the uh, 400, which was her third uh, 400 title in a row. Uh, she also won the 200 for the second consecutive year. Uh, the four by four relay from Soda Springs took home first place. And Izzy Shelton also won the girls shot put. So Soda Springs doing what we expect there from the Cardinals. Yeah. Nice, nice job there by Soda Springs. Um, a lot of strong. They're always, you know, Soda Springs is always strong in um, the ladies' side of things. I feel like they're always, you know, winning cross country or winning basketball. They, and they're all multi-sport athletes. So just a credit to their overall programs um, to get those athletes ready. Yeah, really impressive showing from Soda Springs at State. Uh, East Idaho swept the hurdles races at the 2A girls meet as well. Taylor Crane of Bear Lake wins the 100 hurdles. Oakley Hebden of Malad wins the 300 hurdles. So more East Idaho excellence there on the hurdles side. Yeah, nice job. And then at the 1A meet, Sean, we had one champion. It was in the shot put, Megan Moore of Mackey. And she's going to be going to Idaho State University to uh, compete as a thrower on the track and field team there. 
Um, she threw the shot put 41 feet even to repeat as the 1A shot put champion. So way to go, Megan Moore. Yeah, good throw, whatever classification, and that's a good toss. <laughs> yeah, for sure. All right, so let's shift over to boys track and field now where, incredibly enough, Sugar Salem wins another championship. It is the 52nd cross-country or track and field championship in Coach Brett Hill's career. He won at Firth, and then he also uh, won a bunch and continues winning at Sugar Salem. Uh, They scored 149 points to run away with the competition. And just, boy, Brett Hill, we talked about it last year when he got his 50th career championship, and then he won you know, cross-country this fall and track and field in the spring. I mean, it's incredible. I think Sugar Salem was smart in picking their their colors, right? Their school colors are very similar to the blue trophy colors of state, and it fits very well, right? They match very well with that blue color of the first place finishing at state, and that's man, that's what they did. Um, just dominated the field. Uh, you know, 149 points is is crazy. It's a hard I mean, to wrap. It's hard to wrap your head around how many places you have with that many points. Uh, yeah, and I mean, where do we even start? Uh, I guess Adam McCoy. Uh, well, let's let's talk about this first. In in Marlowe's article that she wrote um, about the state track recap, uh, she said Hill described the 2023 Sugar Salem boys as the most dominant team he's coached at Sugar Salem, and he would rank them number two all time among teams he's coached, right behind the 2006 Firth team. So this is an all time historically great track and field team as well and coach hill would know <laughs> right yeah, right yeah. If, if you're gonna go to someone who do you think was the best team i think uh coach hills hill is the expert and who's the best by a long shot um yeah just a great job and uh yeah those articles are great you get the, kind of that inside inside um kind of ideas of what's going through his head but man i just a lot of points there yeah, so Adam McCoy wins the pole vault. Ryan Bingham wins the shot put. Uh, Porter Holt wins the 400 and the 800. He repeated as the 800 champion. Trevin Holman sweeps the one and the two. Uh, and they won three relays, the sprint medley, the four-by-two, and the four-by-one. Um, Porter Holt was a member of the medley relay and the second-place four-by-four team, while Trevin Holman anchored both the four-by-one and the four-by-two. And Holt and Holman broke their own school records several times this season at Sugar Salem. And in in particular, the four-by-one was a fantastic race to watch. And I'm going to try and share my screen here, Sean, so we can see it. Um, but basically... <laughs> Maybe oh, we should start out start out with like what they didn't win. Yeah, right. Yeah, talk, <laughs> what yeah, event didn't they, what event didn't the Sugar say them win? <laughs> yeah, no. This. Oh, hold on. Okay. Whoops. Sorry about that. <laughs> I was trying to mute the audio. Um, okay, Sean. I'm gonna share my screen here. This was the four by one where Marsh Valley um, had a commanding lead heading into the final stretch. And then all of a sudden, Trevin Holman from Sugar Salem, I don't even know how he did it, but ends up running down the anchor leg for for Marsh Valley. And it was just incredible. I saw this on uh, Coach Brett Hill's Facebook page, and I was like, I got to share this clip on the uh, on the on the prep cast here. 
So let me see if I can make this. Hold on. And he's and he said it was the best comeback he'd ever seen Coach Hill did. So that's saying a lot. Yes. So let me add this and I'll make it full screen here. Okay. Can you see that all right, Sean? Yeah, I got it. Okay, make your screen full size here. It's a little blurry, but look for the blue. <laughs> yeah, you'll be able to see coming up here. So there's Marsh Valley on the inside lane, and you can see already they're making up a huge gap here. And then this is the third leg of the four by one. And again, this is where Marsh Valley really starts to pull ahead. And they're in that and baby then, blue and red shirt there. Yeah. Yep. And then watch this uh, on the final stretch. Watch how quickly Trevin Holman closes this gap to nip him at the finish line. I mean, that is insane. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's like a video game where right? you hit the turbo at the right spot or got the right shell in Mario Kart. Holy. Yeah, right. Holy crap. That was I've never I've never seen that before. And obviously Coach Brett Hill has it either. He talked about that in the article. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, he was he was 20 meters behind Marsh Valley when he took that baton and ran ran him down. I mean, this is incredible. It looks it looks a hundred percent unattainable, right? When it starts yeah. off on that last leg, like Marsh Valley's got it, and that he made he made up the time and the space like just unreal. Yeah, it was insane, as my dog also agrees. So <laughs> I don't know if you could hear that or not. Um, oh, yeah. Okay, other 3A champs. Noah Tanner of South Fremont wins the high jump, and Porter Sutton of Marsh Valley wins the triple jump as well. Let's go to the 2A meet where Aberdeen claimed its first championship ever in boys track and field. They scored 92 points to get the win, so congratulations, Aberdeen. What a win. Yeah. Yeah, big time. And I think, I mean, might have to give you some credit. I think earlier in the year, you might have said Aberdeen has a chance to kind of do something at state. I think that was you, Brandon. So, you know, I, you know, they, we knew they had some really good athletes coming from Aberdeen, but that's just an amazing feat to get that first one. And it feels so good in those smaller communities and stuff like that. I know that for a fact. And yeah, congratulations to Aberdeen. Yeah, as we did our tracking the field, track and field projections uh, projections this year, uh, by like the second or third week we did it, it was pretty clear to me that Aberdeen was kind of out in front of this thing and had a real good shot at it. Not every team that was number one in our projections ended up winning, uh, which is what makes it such a fun exercise. But uh, a lot of them were kind of the wire-to-wire -wire, uh, winners, and Aberdeen was certainly in the 2A ranks. Uh, they won the four-by-one. Uh, Seth Hall uh, got the high jump championship. He cleared six foot four. He took third in the 110 hurdles, third in the long jump, third in the 300 hurdles. That's a lot of points right there from Seth Hall. Kale Adamson swept the throws. He won the shot put and the disc. And he's kind of a, you know, you think of a shot put thrower and you think of a big offensive lineman type. And Kale Adamson's more like a tight end. He's kind of tall and he's muscular, but not quite. He's as not big. small. He's not small, but he's. He's uh, he's lanky though for his size, right? That's if yeah. I remember correctly. Seen him playing football. Um, yes. Yeah. He's uh, yeah, definitely a tight end. That's a great analogy. He looks like a very athletic tight end. Yes, and so for him to sweep the throws was incredible. Um, Soda Springs got a champion. Uh, Tanner Brown won the one ten hurdles. And then how about this? The North Fremont brother duo of Zach and Corbin Johnston. They scored fifty four points between them. They took one, two in each of the distance races. So Corbin 
in, in the 3,200, Corbin was first. Zach was second. In the 1,600, Corbin was first. Zach was second. And then in the 800, they flipped. Zach was first. Corbin was second. So between those two brothers, they went one, two in all the distance races. Yeah. And I mean, you can win with 54 points sometimes, depending if the points are spread out. So just an incredible feat by two bros there, just throwing it out. <laughs> Yeah, they also uh, were half of the winning sprint medley relay team for North Fremont as well. Carter Huntsman of Ryrie wins the pole vault. We talked about him a couple weeks ago where he had set a new school record. Uh, He clears 14 feet, one inch. And uh, Braylon Tripp of Malad won the triple jump as well. So congratulations. Um, All right, 5A, 4A, 1A. We're going to run through pretty quickly because we only had a couple of individual champs. But at the 5A meet, Rigby's Cody Cordingly won the 110-meter hurdles. At the 4A meet, Matt Thomas of Blackfoot repeated as the 1,600-meter champion. He really didn't run much this track season, so we didn't get a chance to talk about it much, uh, Sean. He had had to take some time off because of a stress reaction uh, to his Achilles tendon, and then there was some straining that went on there as well. But, of course, he's going to Oklahoma State uh, to be a distance runner. So Matt Thomas winning the, the mile for Blackfoot at the 4A meet was incredible. And then at the 1A meet, we had three state champs, uh, probably my favorite name in all of high school, uh, Rebel Beard from Butte County wins the pole vault. Uh, Garrett Hunt of Chalice wins the 800, and Brigham Perman of Rockland wins the 300 hurdles. Yeah, no surprises there with those names. <laughs> right, yeah, Perman, Rebel Beard, yeah. these are all names we called a lot in yep. other sports. Oh, yeah, so just a tremendous athletes and nice job to get those state titles. Yeah, for sure. All right, let's talk softball, Sean, where I kind of teased it earlier, but this was kind of crazy uh, as we entered Saturday. Uh, we had the potential 5A all the way down to 2A to have double-dip champions in both baseball and softball. Why he pulled it off in, in 5A, they won the baseball and softball titles. Malad also pulled it off at the 2A level. And then at the 3A level and, and 4A level, you actually had the exact same championship matchups yeah. in both sports. You had Pocatello versus Skyview in both baseball and softball. And then for 3A, you had Kimberly versus Marsh Valley in both baseball and and softball. And so it was kind of crazy. And they ended up splitting, right? Pocatello won yeah. baseball, but lost softball. Marsh Valley won baseball, but lost softball. Um, so, so let's start with Malad, our state champions from the two a ranks. We knew going in, they were the team to beat. They had been the most dominant team all season, but they really ran into a really pesky Declo squad. The number seven seed overall, and this was all at uh, C- Capel park in, in Pocatello um, hosted the two a meet this year. Um, in that undefeated semifinal game on Saturday, Malad needed a walk-off hit to knock off Declo seven to six. Hadley Summers led the way in that game. She had uh, two for three at the plate with three RBIs. Um, but then when Declo got back to the championship, Malad said, all right, no messing around this time. And they win nine to three. So it was a very impressive tournament for Malad. Yeah. And, you know, softballs uh, like volleyball is you can lose and come back and win it, um, which I have had some very heated arguments about with some coaches. They, they like it. Some don't. I, I don't like it. I, I'll say it. Put it on the record. I think you got to win out. I don't like being able to come back and win, but that's just me personally from a tennis point of view. But I always find it very interesting in these softball matches how many times, because just the way kind of softball is with pitching, your opportunity to come back and win is, I think, a lot greater 
than maybe some other sports. But um, yeah, just a really, really good job for Malad to have to beat beat them twice. I, I mean, I just, it's hard for me to believe you have to beat a team twice to be the the champion. But uh, good job. Yeah, so so Malad won the first game, so Declo would have had to have beaten Malad twice. Yeah, yeah, so, that's right. But we we're going to talk about situations like that because that happened in the other two classifications that we're going to talk about. Um, real quick, shout out to Wrigley Peterson uh, for Malad. She's been a great pitcher all year. She's made our primetime pitchers list a couple of times. Um, she started every game in the tournament. 28 strikeouts to just one walk. And, and the Idaho State Journal had these stats. They did a great job at this. 28 strikeouts to just one walk. And she only allowed six earned runs throughout the state tournament. That is wow. dominance. Yeah, big time. That's yeah. big time numbers. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Wrigley Peterson from Malad. All right, 4A and 3A state softball tournament. Sean, what you are talking about there, the double elimination actually happened where uh, Pocatello, uh, played Skyview in that undefeated semifinal Saturday morning. Pocatello won that game. Skyview fought their way back, and then the onus is on Skyview. They have to beat Pocatello twice to win the title, and that's exactly what Skyview did. So Pocatello went from being undefeated, going into the championship, to losing twice in a row to Skyview to take second place. Yeah, it, it's just it's hard. It's hard for me to wrap my head around, but. Um, you know, you have to give Skyview credit. They they got out and got it done twice, and that's a hard feat in itself. And, you know, Pocatello softball just had a phenomenal season. They've had great pitching with Mia Lusk and a couple other people all year and just su such a great season, nothing to, you know, put your head down. But, you know, ultimately you don't want your loss to come there, right? You want that loss to come maybe in the regular season. But, you know, good job by both teams. But uh, the Thunder had an incredible year. I don't think they have any anything to really hang their hats on, but uh, I think they'll be just as strong next year. It's not a super, um, you know, ex, you know, uh, class-heavy team, so they'll be right back there. Yeah, and Scott Burton talked about this on the Magic Valley Prepcast. Um, he he was broadcasting the 4A state baseball tournament, which was held at College of Southern Idaho in Twin Falls. Well, that's where the championship was held for softball as well. They played most of the games at Twin Falls High, and then for the championship, they moved it to CSI. And they're about those fields are about half a mile apart. And so Scott said at one point, you know, Pocatello baseball is playing and the softball team came over or some of the softball players came over to watch and see how the baseball team was doing. And then, OK, we got to head back and play. And, you know, parents in the stands are going back and forth between baseball and softball and getting updates. And it was a crazy like four hours there for Pocatello baseball and softball fans. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, Blue Lakes and Twin Falls is probably very busy. <laughs> it already yeah. is anyways but yeah that's a it's a fun experience to be able to have them both in the same area i think you know to support each other the you know the players are all friends and stuff like that so um regardless of the outcome pretty exciting experience no one's ever disappointed to say we both are in the championship right i mean that's fun yeah and and i guess it it was for skyview too right skyview was yeah. playing in bolton so skyview fans yep. were also going back and forth it was pretty crazy um and then the same thing happened at the 3a tournament as well sean where you had <clears throat> marsh valley <clears throat> wow i'm getting choked up just thinking about it uh marsh okay. valley marsh valley is the number seven seed so last year marsh valley goes to state as the two seed and they lose right away to the seven seed south fremont and marsh valley goes two and out as the two seed this year, Marsh Valley comes into state as the seven seed, 
They upset the two seed Gooding and they get all the way to that undefeated semifinal on Saturday morning and they beat the number one team, Kimberly. The Marsh Valley, the seventh seed, the two seed must be cursed at the 3A something. Yeah, it's, it. it's not looking good there. Yeah. Um, so Marsh Valley actually beats Kimberly. And so Kimberly fights their way through again. And Kimberly's got to beat Marsh Valley twice to win the championship. And Kimberly does it. And so Marsh Valley was in the same boat as Pocatello. Only needed to win one. Ended up dropping both. Uh, but what a run for the Eagles from Marsh Valley High. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I think we talked about Marsh Valley being kind of that dangerous team um, after what happened last year. And and they proved that, that they were. They were um, right there at the end. And, you know, Kimberly, I think, were the kind of the top dogs all year. People talked about them and they were able to, sh you know, kind of show that, that that they were. But Marsh Valley, just an incredible job um, to come and, and, and do that. And, and haven't, you know, they had an opportunity to win it. You know, if you have an opportunity to, to win the state title, you're that's where you want to be at the end of the year. I mean, that's it. I don't think there's anything more you want. So congrats. Yeah, it was pretty remarkable. So that's a, a wrap on softball. All right, Sean, let's talk about the sport that's near and dear to your heart, tennis. Uh, Sean, of course, is the, the varsity tennis coach at Century High School. But uh, we didn't have any team champions from East Idaho. In fact, of the six champions, three on the boys' side, three on the girls' side, uh, four of the six uh, belonged to the Treasure Valley. And then we had two from the Sun Valley, basically uh, Wood River and Sun Valley Community School. Um, but we had some individuals do very well from East Idaho at State Tennis, Sean. Yeah. And so we'll just start with 5A. 5A um, freshman from Highland High School, Braden Johnson, took fourth in singles. And he had points that he had, uh, they went to a third set tiebreaker this year instead of a full full set. So just for you know, listeners and viewers to think about that, thinking you're going to play basketball, but now we're only going to play three quarters. So right. you take a, you're taking a whole part of the the match away, and there's a lot of um, it goes both ways on that discussion. But he had match points to win to go into the championship, just didn't quite get it done. Ends up taking um, fourth, losing to Luke uh, Briscoe from Boise, and just an incredible job by a freshman. Um, to, you know, place um, in a very, very heavy contested um, 5A boys singles. Maybe the one of the strongest I've seen in, um, you know, 10 years of how good the quality of tennis was there. And also in 5A from East Idaho, um, out of Thunder Ridge, uh, Cooper Sargent and Caleb Warner were able to take third in boys doubles. Um, and again, they win in a tiebreak, uh, which is just you, if you go back and look at these brackets and see how many third set tiebreakers are, it's it's unreal. Um, and they beat a very good Timberline team, you know, 10-6 in that third set tiebreaker. So nice job by uh, the Thunder Ridge duo of Sargent and Warner. They were um, kind of came together later in the season and, and were able to place. And again, 5A is just, you know, super hard for East Idaho as Boise gets 10 spots in that 16 bracket. Um, so, you know, 16 player draw and, Boise's 10 of those spots. So just to be able to go up and compete is a phenomenal job by Thunder Ridge and, um, and uh, Highland. Yeah. And then at, at the, at the four, a level, Sean, we had a singles battle between uh, your, your athlete, Daniel McGee from century and Gus Sabina from Wood River. I found out I've been saying his name wrong. I would say yeah. Sabina. It's actually Sabina. Um, and this is a match that I thought could be in the championship potentially, but it ends up being for third place. And it was a pretty hotly contested one. 
yeah, I mean the score won't show it, but both so both Gus and Daniel um played uh very heavy matches before this. This is Daniel's third match of a 90 degree day um up in Boise and Daniel was gassed. Um and he's an incredible, you know, two or excuse me, three sport athlete and he just was out of gas and Gus uh had a little little more in the tank and was able to take it, but Daniel did really 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 well and he's only a sophomore so um all the people that play except one in 4a were seniors so uh you know a lot of doors are going to open next year but you know it's just a a nice job by daniel mcgee to you know compete and come back and you know really the boys singles in 4a ended i think how it should have with noah uh, nielsen from ridgeview as one um jack tobin from bk as two and then Gus is three and Daniel's four. So I, I think it ended up those are the four best players in 4A by by far. Yeah, and I I, I don't know if I mentioned it or not, but Gus Sabina is from Wood River. They did mm-hmm. win the team, the team title at the 4A meet, where last year it was close and they beat Ridgeview and Bonneville basically by two points. This year they won by, you know, 20 plus. So it was a dominant yeah. showing for Wood River. Yeah, it was uh, it was yeah, Wood River won pretty easily and uh, Bishop Kelly girls won by an astronomical um player uh points and i oh i guess we'll get into that because we'll do girls next but yeah um um yeah so 4a was it was it was a good time (laughs) and then at the 3a meet uh we did have one placer from east idaho uh will moss from ryrie took third he beat charles goodyear from sun valley 6361 so congratulations to will moss from ryrie on the top three finish there at the 3a and again ryrie's a 2a school there is no two A tennis. They have to compete at the three A, and so for him to go and do that uh, was phenomenal. All right, let's let's talk girls tennis, Sean. Uh, all of our placers came from the four A meet. Bishop Kelly, as you alluded to, ran away with the team championship. Hillcrest actually took second, but they were way far back there in the rearview mirror. Uh, yeah, so far, so far away. Um, Hillcrest Brickley Olson, who had uh, won doubles with her sister the year before, played singles and. And uh, she is a really, really good player, um, very good. But the girl she came up against from BK, Tatiana Larson, who's a freshman, um, is she's good <laughs> as a freshman. Any and the score was six one six one, and it's not because uh, Olson, you know, played bad or something. It's just Larson from BK is uh, is a phenomenal player as a freshman, and yeah, it was uh, it was uh, it was tough sledding for girls. Um, against BK in the 4A level for sure, but you know there was some bright sides. You had a a duo of uh, Woodhouse and Woodhouse, Katie and Brennan. Um, they took third in girls doubles over a BK team that was very strong, and that was that was a competitive match too. So they did very well. And then a team I got to see multiple times um, this year, and I thought they had a chance to win it all. Unfortunately, they had to play. A semifinal against Bishop Kelly, which probably should have been the championship match, but um, Tor Thompson and Herbert Webb um, took the third from Skyline, and uh, they're a really nice pair, and they're a really nice team, and that was a great job, and they ended up defeating a, another uh, district rival in Hillcrest to get that third place in mixed doubles, but they should have, that should, they lost to Bishop Kelly in a third set tiebreaker in the semifinal, which probably should have been the final, and Hopefully we're going to work on tweaking some of the seeding stuff um, moving forward, but it's, it's, it's never going to be perfect, but yeah, it's, I don't, it's I don't have to tell you. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, and that, we've talked about that a lot this year, the seeding and how that was going to factor in with the, uh, so many matches being canceled because of weather and stuff like that. So, yeah, uh, Katie Woodhouse, Brenna Woodhouse from Idaho Falls. They took third place in girls' doubles, like you said. Uh, Tori Thomason, uh, uh, Heber Webb, uh, Skyline took third in mixed doubles. Dresden Riley, Levi Ross of Hillcrest end up taking fourth. Um, and so congrats to all our tennis athletes that came back with hardware and now we'll wrap up with golf Sean. we had spring golf and specifically we're going to focus on the boys 2a meet which was at sage lakes golf course in idaho falls they also hosted the 5a championships earlier this fall um grace was our highest placer among east idaho teams they took second place overall at the 2a meet and again they're a 1a school there is no 1A golf. They have to play 2A. And they only finished 10 strokes behind the state champion, Declo. Um, Declo shot a 647. Grace shot a 657. And it's pretty incredible to me that Grace did this. Their highest placer was Brock Hill, who took ninth overall. And so that's pretty low, which means 2, 3, 4, and 5 for Grace must have been, you know, not far behind. Yeah, they must have been pretty similar. And then the other top people must have been so spread out from top to bottom to give them just enough of, of the points to get that second place finish. But good job, Grace. Grace boys did it all year long in every sport and finished out strong in, in spring sports with a boys, um, you know, second place finish. So, you know, no surprises from Grace boys this year, just phenomenal athletes. Yeah. And shout out to our highest uh, individual placer from East Idaho at the 2A golf meet as well. JT Slavinsky from Bear Lake. He took fifth overall. So way to go, JT. All right, Sean, that puts a wrap on the spring sports season and also the 2022-23 school year. <laughs> it We're sure here. does. We did yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, it's been it's been a lot of it's, it's been great. It's been a great, I think one of one of the best years in in high school sports that I can remember. Just a lot of parody, lots of stuff and East Idaho being better than everyone. I know it's been hard for the rest of this rest of the state, but we, you know, it's what we have to do. No, it's, it's just been fun. I, you know, getting to see all the different competitors and getting to meet so many um, different people. And I, that's what I've really enjoyed. And yeah, it's, I'm almost done. You know, we're sharing our school with Highland. So this is a Highland day, but you know, it's, it's been, it's been a lot of fun just to uh, see all the different outcomes and man, what a year. The year in review will be crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, so this will be our last prep cast of the school year, but that doesn't mean we're just going away to hibernate for three months before the new school year starts. You know, we, of course, will be on our summer vacations, but we will be popping in occasionally with some off season content. Sean, I'm thinking maybe we do a couple of big think tanks. You know, we bring on you and, Ryan Skaggs, our North Idaho guy, and Scott, our Hit Magic Valley guy. <laughs> right. Bring bring on our experts from all areas and, and to talk about some, some big overall issues like student-athlete transfers and re reclassification and uh. state, state tournaments and seeding and maybe some of these big picture overall state of the union type issues and get a lot yeah, of voices on it, have a discussion. Yeah, I'm sure Scott would love to talk about the shot clock. So, <laughs> right, <laughs> too soon. Um, no, that'd be great. I, you know, you know, that's it's. It'd be nice to kind of get everyone's perspective, and I think that's what it's going to take for the things that we want to change is to get everyone together. Um, 
so often or not, everyone is on a little bit of a different page. So we don't get the change that we want. And the more we can bring, you know, the North um, together, the North, you know, Magic Valley, Boise area, the more we can get everyone kind of on the same page or at least get everyone's ideas on it so we can find that common ground. I think it's a lot better than something happening and then complaining about it, which we're really good at now. <laughs> yeah, we, we yeah, we want to be proactive here in talking about and, you know, we may do these shows live. So, f- you know, fans can also interact and give us their opinions on things, because um, I think it's important to talk some of these things out. So we will just do don't that. Do it at, just don't oh, do it at the end of June. <laughs> I'll be kay. gone. I'll be gone. I'll be in Finland. So. <laughs> Are you serious? You're going to Finland? I am. I'm going to go visit a tennis pro there. So, yeah, uh, I will not be here at the end of June, the last dude, week in June. Dude, that's <laughs> crazy. So, so Scott Burton, our Magic Valley prep cast host, he's he's going to Ireland sometime this summer. So we're, I guess, every one of our uh, personalities has to make a trip to Europe this summer. International, international. Idaho sports is going international. Yeah. <laughs> Scott told me he would shoot an episode from an Irish pub or something, Sean. So that's where the bar has been set. <laughs> no, I don't know. If, I don't know if mine can be on broadcast, but yeah, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Enjoy your vacation time. Seriously, yeah. uh, you you have earned it for sure. Um, all right. So yes. So the easiest way to find out when we are going to do because we're not going to be here every week. We'll just pop in every once in a while throughout the summer with with a new show. Um, just subscribe to the podcast. Whether that's hitting the little bell icon on our YouTube channel and subscribing there. Or if you're listening to this podcast, you can always subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. And then that way, when we do a new episode, it just shows up. You don't have to go searching for it every day or every week. It'll just be there for you, um, ready to go. So subscribe to the podcast. That's the easiest way. Stay on top of what we're doing this offseason. So, all right, Sean, another year, year two of the East Idaho PrepCast overall in the books, but year one with you as, as, as the as the engineer of this locomotive. Great job, Sean. Thanks. I try my best. I was just thinking, though, like if the IHSA meets or something, we almost could do like a reaction, you know, get a, three or four of us like the reaction. Yes. Tuesday night, everyone's here. That that would be good, too. You kind of like the reaction state of the union after they meet would be fun. But yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm far from the East Idaho expert that I claim to be, but I, I'm getting a little better every day. And uh it's been fun having fans and people and, you know, people just come up and talk to me now too. And they're like, Oh, you do that. And my son, so-and-so. And so um, those relationships and stuff have been really cool. And uh, I just try to hope I represent East Idaho as much as I can. We've got so many great, it's so big it's and um, encompassing, but I hope we, um, you know, we got, we got as much out there about all the great athletes as we could. Yeah, it's what it's all about is promoting these student athletes, these young men and women who are doing great things in their communities. So for one final time in the 22-23 school year proper, thanks for tuning into the East Idaho PrepCast. For Sean Kane, I'm Brandon Bainey, and we'll see you this summer on the IdahoSports.com East Idaho PrepCast. Thanks for watching and listening.